Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Well, big game came and went. Key, your prediction for the game mm-hmm. was the most accurate I heard. Now, not in terms of the final score, but the Close. type of game that you said it would be. What you didn't predict rain, but you might as well have. It was that it was a rain game no. before there was rain. Yeah, I didn't really predict rain at all, but I think I said you just never know. It might be in the snow or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. New England. Who knows? Hell, and it, and it rained, but I I expected this. You know, struggling kind of like not living up to the billing. And why? Hype. Because it happens. It's just weird. It happens like that. Think about all the build up and the hype with with games. It never comes to fruition the way that we all week long we build things up this is this is and then jay i want to get because jay has mentioned yeast on things man jay mentioned earlier in the show Hmm. that that what the distractions for tom brady may have played a role yeah all the things that lead up to a game of this magnitude everything that just changes your pregame ritual pregame ritual as well as play in the game you you don't want to make a mistake Okay, I'm going to throw it a little longer because I want to make sure that nobody gets it except my guy. Because, you know, it's just You it's also a lot. don't have your number one target. Yeah, Gronk. Gronk. See, to me, that's the big oh, – look. Huge target. Enough from Keyshawn Johnson. Let's hear from Keyshawn Johnson in the last week. You think Tom's going to go out there 340 yards, five touchdowns, and a tip pick. That's what you – and it's not going to be like that. Maybe four, but okay. Yeah. He's going to be a 230-yard guy. He's going to be uh, 17 of – 32. You're going to be like, uh. You got <laughs> what, close. What, what did he finish? I don't, re- I don't know. What did he finish, Evan? No, I'm going to find it. I'll find it. Don't worry about it. But it, but you just, look, man. Bill Belichick knows Tom Brady. Tom Brady knows Bill Belichick. But what Tom Brady doesn't know is Gerard Mayo, uh, Steve Belichick, who are kind of calling the plays along with Pops, Bill Belichick. They... The Patriots, when I say they, they created this six-foot-five, handsome-of-a-hunk quarterback. They created him. So they know all his strengths and weaknesses. Think about this, Max. 22 for 43, 269 yards. Same percentage, yeah. right? Yeah. So think about this, Max. If they created you, they know all your strengths and weaknesses because they kept you away from out of harm's way for 20 years, they design an offense so that you don't get harassed. Can I ask you this question? If, if, if this game wasn't Tom Brady coming back to the place that him and Bill Belichick built, mm-hmm. it was in Tampa Bay, and they had Gronk, mm-hmm. you still think it would have been a game? They would have just designed stuff to stop Gronk. Yeah, I, I just I, – If the I, game I, was in Tampa, you're saying? Yes, I, I don't see I, – yeah, I, I, I hear so much about still. the design of it, and I get that Bill Belichick is a genius. But there was also a lot of emotions. I, a lot of, I feel like a lot, of these, a lot of these balls were out of rhythm for Tom. Like, it's not like receivers weren't open when you go back and you watch replays. Like, he's just – he's off. Jay, I'm with you. He's I think, off, man. I think the, the situation, the, the, the pump and the circumstance and the sentimentality affected him. I wouldn't put that number one or two factors. I would say Gronk – not being there, stuff like that, what Key points out, the familiarity. But I think it is there somewhere. I think it is there somewhere. Yeah, but what you got to realize when you say things are off, when I'm, getting, when I'm making you 
go off of one to two, recock back to three. Understood. And now all of a sudden my defensive eyes can now chase down the number three receiver and you have to throw the ball longer so my guys don't get to it. That's all part of the game plan is for you to stand there. Tom Brady wants to get the ball out of his hands in 2.7 seconds. When he's holding that thing for four seconds, that means that he's playing right into our hands mm-hmm. and what we want to because our rush is eventually going to get there and knock Tom around. When Tom Brady was a young quarterback, and he didn't start as early in his career as Mac Jones did, when he was a young quarterback, it seemed like they were always kicking the field goal to win the game. They were like Belichick was able to win three quarters of his game, something like that, because Brady and it's a similar style team now. But Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. No. And so they get close enough to lose tough instead of to win close. And it happened again last night. Meantime, Bill Belichick met with Tom Brady after the game and on the Greg Hill show on WEEI had this to say about it. I don't know what everybody else thinks. I know what my relationship is with Tom, and it's been a great one for over 20 years. Well, was, I, I know you like to keep a lot of that stuff personal, but um, what, you guys had a chance to catch up for 20 minutes or so after that game? Yeah, uh, I'll keep all my conversations with Tom personal like I always have. I love Bill. <laughs> I, just, I love because you ask new questions, you know he's not going to answer it, but you have to do your job and ask him those questions. I respect that. But he ain't going to never tell you what the conversation was about. Do you think it's significant that Belichick goes to the visiting locker room, walks in, and spends 20 minutes talking to Brady? Well, it's significant because most of the time you, you're done, you're going about your business, the game's over. But in this case, he, he won't see Tom again to the offseason. You know, that's the next time he'll see him at a golf outing somewhere or or some sort of ceremony for something. So, yeah, let me catch up with you because I can't stand on the field and talk to him for 20 minutes with all of you fools standing around watching and looking. You know, so I just Jay, love the- how Belichick just eggs on the media. Imagine, because the media never sees that. They never see Bill Belichick go into the opposing locker room of another team at home. So for him to walk by the media, go in there, spend 20 minutes, and then walk out, everybody's like, what, what did you guys talk about? And both him and Tom are like, we don't need to tell you. It's, it's what it is. The way Key sees it, Jay, like it reminds me of, there's you know, Marlon Brando, great actor. He played in a movie called On the Waterfront, right? And there's this, this scene toward the end where he's walking down the dock and people were asking him, it was so amazing, like how, 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 what, what motivation did you use for, and he was like, it was cold out. I was trying to get inside. Like for all of the way we tell stories around these big moments, Key, people who have been there at a high level for a long time are like, look, they're not going to see each other for a long time. So so since they're face-to-face now, they take the opportunity. It's not what you guys are trying to say it is. Typically, I don't know the way the setup is um, in New England because it's been so long and and COVID and all of this. But a lot of times the coaches will come. If you're on the bus, they'll come to your bus and get you off the bus to have a sidebar with you. I'm sure in the tunnel or wherever the buses are parked, it was probably chaotic. So the best thing to do was to go into the locker room. Tom probably taking his time, got to put his hair back, make sure his skin is nice and moisturized and not ashy and everything is working right. Probably, you know, they probably got to do some stuff. So Bill was like, oh, let me go in the locker room and talk to him. It's funny because 
in life, like we hear these myths, of mythologies grow up around people and, and sports history. And, the, and when you look at the details, it usually is what he is saying. There are practical reasons that motivate behavior. That, that sounds right to yeah. me. Yeah, just sounds just, right based on my 48 years on earth. Yeah, that I'm, sounds I'm, like how I'm, stuff happens. I got to go to my car. I got to walk past the visitor locker room. I'm not going to stop him on the bus, Jay. So he, where's Tom? Tom's in the locker room. Okay, I'm going to go in the locker room and talk to Tom. Yeah. Everybody sees him walk in there, come out. Everybody goes, what the hell is he asking I, him to come back? I got what to is he doing? I'm really happy that the game is over. I'm starting to get Tom brady out already. Week four. Well, you got, well it has been 20 you got, years. You got about, you got about <laughs> let me see you say it. Week, you got, to, you got about 17 more weeks I, to go. I know, but it was just all. Because you'll be I, talking about him from L.A. at the Super Bowl. You realize sure. there's no such thing as this in football? 20-plus year career, seven Super Bowls. This is, this is a fairy tale. It, you couldn't make it up. doesn't ever happen? No, I mean, well, there are baseball players with 25-year careers, like no, Nolan Ryan no, or something like that. But we're not even talking 25-year career, right, Max? You got to put everything. All the chips. You got to put everything in the bowl. Yeah. Derek Jeter, nine, Kobe Bryant. Nine championship appearances. Yeah. Multiple champion division titles, six round pick, model of a wife. Yeah, it's insane. You can head you wrote coach. It, it, it you, if you wrote it, you'd be like, make it realistic. You'll this never is no ever see anything come close to this in your ever life. Hey, Tom, real quick. What, I, Bill wouldn't tell us anything. What did you and, and coach talk about after the game? I mean, all those are personal. So we've had a personal relationship, and um, you know, for twenty plus years. So he drafted me here, and. Had a lot of personal conversations that should remain that way, and they're very private. And I would say, so much is made of of our relationship. And you know, as I said earlier this week, you know, from a player standpoint, you just expect the coach to give you everything he's got. And as a, I'm sure as a player, that's what he was hoping for me. But nothing's really accurate that I ever see. It's all kind of, uh, you know, definitely doesn't come from my personal feelings or beliefs. And I have a lot of respect for him as a coach, and obviously a lot of respect for. This organization and you know all the different people here that try to make it successful. He he and Bill are saying the same thing more or less, and that and what he said sounds right to me. This is an opportune time to meet. But I you know I, I think as an athlete, a lot of times you recognize how many things have to go in your favor to win a championship. And I know I've made mention multiple times. There, there's a there's a huge element of luck that the ball bounces your way. So one of the things that would frustrate me as a past teammate of Tom Brady's, if I were, or anybody who won championship, it's like, you know, all this talk has been about Tom and Bill. Like, it was only those two that won a championship. And there's so many other factors that go into Tom Brady and Bill Belichick winning six Super Bowls, Well, right? it's like anything, though, Jay. The quarterback gets the praise. And he also gets the brunt of the negative publicity when it doesn't go right and if Tom Brady was winning one championship and only going to two Super Bowls the conversation but you're talking about arguably based on statistics and based on the trophies and all the different things the greatest quarterback to ever do it some would argue Joe Montana whatever whoever Joe Montana doesn't argue Joe Montana I take them all I take them all but this is the greatest dude to ever do it Right? I mean, he's just, you know, it's Tom. They're going to block off the street. Tom yeah. Carr. It's Tom. So it's like certain things you just got to give in to. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max brought to you by Goodyear. College football's heating up, and Goodyear knows the passion it takes to drive every game forward. Whether your team's home or away, the traditions that bring us together are still the same. 
That's the road that moves us Goodyear more driven. Welcoming in (laughs) Jeff Passan, ESPN Senior Major League Baseball Insider. Jeff, shades of 1978, the 163rd game of the season, though they now call it a wild card game. Back then it was a play-in. It's the same. That's a technicality. It's the same thing. Of course it comes down to the Red Sox and the Yankees at Fenway, Jeff. Could it have ended any other way? No. And I, I think this is like the baseball gods' little nod to all of the people who look at Yankees and Red Sox on our airwaves and say, the Yankees and Red Sox are on TV too much. It, they actually earned this. Like, that's the thing about it. This was 162 games that determined this. The Blue Jays had their shot. Eh. The Mariners had their shot. Eh. Ends up. Yankees and Red Sox, over the course of the season, were just the best teams aside from the Rays. So when you look at it, in how big of an edge is Garrett Cole coming off uh, one of his worst starts of the season for the Yanks? Yeah, Nate Evaldi's not coming off a great start either. And remember, Cole's actually, like, two of his last three starts have been pretty bad, and that third start wasn't great shakes either, but... You give a guy $324 million for this start. You give it to him because in a one-and-done, winner-go-home, winner-takes-all game, he's the guy who you want to have on the mound maybe more than anybody in the sport who is healthy right now. And I think the Yankees feel pretty good about their setup. I mean, the, the most interesting part of this and the plot line, to me, that sticks out, guys, Remember, we almost had like a a chaos-filled postseason uh, at the beginning that had all kinds of wild card games. And there was one scenario going into yesterday where it could have ended up in a four-way tie. And because of tiebreakers, the Red Sox got first choice. They were going to have a home game. The Blue Jays got the second choice. They were going to have a home game. Then the Yankees got to choose who they would face in the wild card game or excuse me, in the play-in, to get to the wild-card game. The Yankees would rather have faced the Red Sox than the Blue Jays. And here they are getting their wish. So the Red Sox are not happy about that. And you know Alex Cora is going to be using that as motivation going into the game tomorrow. Yeah. Jeff Passan, ESPN senior MLB insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Jeff, so with that being said about both teams – which one gives the Rays a tougher series? I think it's probably the Yankees because of their bullpen depth. I mean, if you look at what the Red Sox had to do yesterday just to cobble together nine innings of comeback baseball against the Washington Nationals, the Red Sox lineup can be scary. Rafael Devers is fantastic. Uh, Xander Bogarts, who hasn't been quite as good lately, still really good. They've got some good lineup depth. We don't know if they're going to have J.D. Martinez, who was playing in the outfield yesterday and tripped on second base, running out to his position, and ended up leaving the game because baseball's hilarious. 
Um, what the Yankees have that the Red Sox don't is a bullpen. And they've got guys, Michael King and Clay Holmes and Jonathan Loisaga and Aroldis Chapman just coming out of the bullpen throwing 97 to 102 with devastating secondary pitches. And the fact that the Yankees can run out as many of those big arms as they do have makes them not just dangerous in a one-game series against the Red Sox. No, that's more an advantage in a five-game series and especially in a seven-game series. Mm. Jeff, we uh, we decided to let the Giants win the NL West because we're just tired of winning division titles out West. So, you know, we said, Makes okay. Sense. That's well, how it works. Yeah, just yeah. go ahead. You can have this one this year. With that being said, though, the Dodgers take on the Redbirds in St. Louis. How big of a challenge is the Cardinals for the Dodgers? Did you decide to let Clayton Kershaw hurt his elbow and Max Muncy hurt his elbow, too, just to make it a little tougher? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> look, we've we've seen horror shows with the Dodgers before against the Cardinals. And this is a Cardinals team that's coming off 17 consecutive victories. This is a Cardinals team that everybody, certainly myself included, had completely written off. And yet here they are because they're the Cardinals and they, they do some sort of devil magic and this happens. The, the worst thing for a team like the Dodgers is to not win the division title, Keyshawn, because then you are just leaving the, the fate of your season to the gods. I, I mean, the reality is you could throw a garbage AAA team out there against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they'd win 20 times out of 100. That's just the, that's the nature of the sport. And I might be underselling that, by the way. They might win 25 or 30 times out of 100 because that's what baseball is. You look yesterday, a guy named Yoan Adone went five fantastic innings against the Red Sox in that last game, a must-win game for the Red Sox. Adone had pitched 18 innings above a ball for his career. So the idea that the St. Louis Cardinals, who have Adam Wainwright, and who have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and Tyler O'Neill, the idea that they're going to be intimidated by being at Dodger Stadium, uh, that, that they're going to feel like they don't have a shot at this, it's just not reality. Because baseball is what baseball is. It is very realistic, guys, that we're looking at a scenario in which a 106-win team gets bounced from the playoffs after one game. Yeah, and, and, and you know, talking to Jeff Pass and ESPN senior MLB insider on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Um, I look at this, at the, at the Cardinals team this season. What's nuts about it to me, Jeff? And you talk about, basically you're alluding to the randomness in baseball's postseason, I would say. That's something that the NBA, who always seems to crown the right team, doesn't have. Like, there's some advantage to not always crowning the best team, right? It ah, makes it more it exciting. Right. But Adam Wainwright is going to be throwing to Yadier Molina? Like, is this 2006? Is it 2011? What year is this? Who ever heard of something yeah, like I, this? No, I, I, in my column that, that I believe is up on ESPN.com right now, I said it's uh, Adam uh, Wainwright versus Max Scherzer in the National League wildcard uh, game brought to you by Geritol. 
I mean, it, it's just like the the aged are coming out and showing off their stuff. And Scherzer's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this season, and he's going to get paid $40 million a year in all likelihood this winter when he hits free agency. And Wainwright is resurgent and has had one of the best years of an illustrious Hall of Very Good Borderline Hall of Fame career. Jeff, before we let you get out of here, I want to ask you about Kershaw. Is there a huge chance that we may have saw him for the last time in a Dodger uniform in the regular season? Until the ink dries on a contract with another team, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that Clayton Kershaw is leaving the Dodgers because I I just, you know, they, they have been together for so long that sometimes marriages like that, even though they, they feel like they're going to end just don't. Um, That being said, he's got an itch to go back to Texas and he has has felt that desire for a few years now, and it would not shock me to see him wind up there. But, Keyshawn, we don't know when he's going to be pitching again. Yeah. I mean, he's had elbow problems for the entirety of the season, and he just couldn't make it through his last start. And when you have elbow problems, uh, look, I wrote a book on this thing, uh, forearm tightness, not good elbow problems for a guy with as many miles on his arm with a curve uh, as there are not good. Like we've, mm-hmm. we've seen guys like this who get later into their careers and they have managed to stay healthy in terms of their elbow, at least the whole time. And the most recent one's another free agent this off season who missed this year, Justin Verlander, who's going to be coming back with a fresh elbow, and I think there's going to be a lot of interest in him. There will be plenty of interest in Clayton Kershaw, whether it's from the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Astros, or otherwise. All right, Jeff. It's our favorite time of the show. Predictions. Who are your World Series picks? Give them to me. Well, I have zero faith in this. uh, Because, (laughs) like Max said, the baseball playoffs are something of a crapshoot. And this may, by the way, like, this may be completely wrong by the end of this week. That uh, That is what baseball is. But I'm going Dodgers. Keyshawn, I'm sticking with them. I'm pot committed at this point. I've been taking them over the Giants all year long. I'm sticking with them. And from the American League, uh, I'm going with the Houston Astros. And uh, in the World Series, I think the, uh, the Giants. Was that a Freudian slip, guys? I think the Dodgers become back-to-back wow. World Series champions. Wow. Yankees over you, Dodgers would have been the correct uh, choice, but okay. You just said that because you're on the show with Keyshawn, Jeff. That's why. Let's be honest. I actually say you would think so. Uh, I no, You know what, Jay? I don't pander. You know me, man. I, I, I say my truth. I said you gotta, it on Facebook But, Jeff, tonight, you pandered night. before you answered the question by this – Two-minute soliloquy about how you're going to be wrong. Now you're going to tell him how to answer the question that you ask. That's not pandering. That's just acknowledging the reality. (laughs) That is Jeff Passan on the Goodyear Hotline, ladies and gentlemen.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Rob Ninkovich, ESPN. NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion, put his face in the sand. This still sounds to me like a, like it just came out. <laughs> this hits so hard. Is Rob with us? Rob, are you there? I'm right here. Yeah, what's up, guys? Hey, Rob, did you did you go to the stadium to get Brady's autograph? Jeez, uh, man, I was there. I got his dad's autograph actually. Tom <laughs> <laughs> Senior's autograph. That's what I wanted. Because look, man, all the hype that surrounded this particular game, right, leading up to it, rightfully so, the game was a dud in the end, right? I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't live up to the hype in the building. I would say once we entered into the game, what did you make of the way Bill Belichick played him defensively? Keyshawn, that's coming from a receiver, bro. You wanted to see, like, five touchdowns each side, like, tons of points. I thought it was a nice – it was a great game. It was a defensive battle. So, you know, I think the weather had something to do with a little bit of this. It was raining, nasty, misty. Um, You know, they can't simulate that in Tampa with the mist of New England. So, I think that that had something to do with it. They were beat up. you know, Tampa was missing a few key pieces. I think the red zone, not having Gronkowski, is one of the, the biggest targets for Tom in the red zone. So that kind of was their red zone struggles. And then you got to tip your hat to the Patriots. I think a lot of people thought that they didn't really have a chance to even compete in this game. And they, they, they toughened it out. They were close in the end. It came down to one play. And Mac Jones, I mean, he looks like, the best quarterback drafted of all the quarterbacks. He looks very, very advanced for a rookie quarterback. So, you know, I hate to say, I hate to say it, you know, there's no good losses, but in in the way you look at this long-term, the Patriots fought tough for 60 minutes, came down to a field goal in a wet, rainy condition type of football game. 
and Mac Jones looked really good. So they got to run the ball better. I think you look at the stat sheet, they had negative one yards rushing. You don't win football games when you have a negative yard rushing game. Rob, the atmosphere seemed next level, seemed very Super Bowl-like. How could you describe it? Listen, I had to do a thing for Verizon before the game, and I and I told them because it was right after the first timeout in the first corner or the first quarter in the first timeout. I said, "Listen, this is a really bad time for me to do this because the national anthem just played, the fireworks just went off. I felt like I wanted to go out there and play because that is one of the best, probably the best environment in Gillette Stadium that I've ever w- witnessed or felt. And we've played in AFC championships, we've played in division title games." That was one of the best atmospheres because of the excitement. You could feel it. You know, you could really feel that excitement. And usually, I would say this, a lot of the, the Patriot fans, I love them to death, but they're inside sometimes. They're in the club seats sometimes on the inside, watching it on the, the, the TV screens because it's nice and warm or nice and cool in there with all your stuff that you need. And in this particular matchup, there was nobody inside. Everybody was outside watching this one because you didn't want to look at a screen. You wanted to look at it in real life. Rob Ninkovich, ESPN NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion here on <clears throat> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I know every, every day around this hour, I have a little frog in my throat. Um, Nick, That's I've been asking. Yeah, a lot of talking. Nick, I've been asking <laughs> all day guests, and we've been talking about it on the show, you know, the Patriot way, Belichick or Brady and all this. It just seems like the Patriots played a good game, a Belichickian kind of game, and they had a field goal to try to win it. It went off the upright. They're one and three is the bottom line. They're eight and twelve since Brady left. Like they used to win all those close games, it seemed, and now they're losing the close games. Is the Brady magic what was responsible for those close wins in the past? I mean, it was a combination of both Brady and Bill. Um, it's really hard to say one or the other. Obviously, it was a it was a partnership there, a very successful partnership, and. You know, you, you got to think, too, certain situations, it would have went the other way. The Patriots would have been 2-2. Two and two. And in another game, they, they, it's so easy to be 3-1 and one versus 2-2 two and two versus 1-3. and three. It's just it's crazy how this game comes down to just one play or two plays. Because if you even look at the, the Matthew Slater call where they said he ran out of bounds, that would have been a massive turnover in that game. Yeah. probably would have swung it the other way. So there's always one or two things that happen, and I'm sure they could look at week one, week two, week three, and say the same thing. But as far as, you know, now that Tom's gone, that it's it's Bill not being able to win these close games, that doesn't make sense to me. That's not the storyline. Go look at any other franchise that lost a quarterback at like a caliber player as Tom Brady and they've had struggles too. Where's Denver at since uh, Peyton left? Where's the Colts at since Peyton left? So, you know, I, I just think that that's not the case. Yeah. Now that they can move on from the Tom Brady saga and get back to some sort of order up in New England, Rob, you've never seen it before. I've never seen it before where the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick has lost three straight games at home. Where do they go from here with a young quarterback in Mac Jones with the Buffalo Bills playing lights out in the division? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one because you try to take everything with a grain of salt. 
when I listen to the post game press conferences of Mac Jones, I mean, I, the kid is well seasoned when it comes to the just the way he understands getting better, got to protect the football. He knows he knows what went wrong. He knows what he needs to be better at. He knows where the team needs to be. So we look at Buffalo and they just beat the heck out of their, their last opponent, like forty to another, whatever it was. I don't know, um, but. They're going to be a tough matchup, but now it really doesn't matter what their regular season record is. Now it only matters what their division wins and losses are, and they still have a lot of division games left. They can still control their own destiny, um, Keyshawn, because you understand this as well. Your record doesn't mean anything if you get in the tournament. So if they can get, if they can get in that tournament, if they can win the division. That's all that matters. If Can they win the division? I think that they can. If they continue to progress, they get Trent Brown back. If they do better in certain situations, I'm not counting them out. Yeah. I'm not counting them out. Absolutely that not. is Rob Ninkovich on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, Rob. Always good to hear from you. Week four, of course. All right. Great all to hear from you, Rob. Week four, of course, is not finished yet. Got a huge matchup on Monday night. We're going to get into it. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the Monday Night Football Preview, brought to you by Progressive Insurance, Chargers and Raiders. Ooh, that division is hot. Those are two good teams. Key, will your Las Vegas Raiders... No, they're my Vegas Raiders? They are. You, you know they are. Tonight, right? You know they yeah, are. Yeah. You you, you're them. a yeah. Derek Carr guy. And I'm a Raider. The, a Raiders from... That's the, original, that, that's the team that has L.A.'s hearts, really. Will the Raiders go to 4-0? Yeah, I think they beat the Chargers. I do. I think it'll be a good game. 
But I think this is this is the Raiders' year to kind of John Gruden needs to elevate his team because you know it's almost like they have the Dallas Cowboys syndrome. There's many people that love the Raiders. There's a lot of people that hate them, and you got a polarizing coach there that hadn't done anything since he won the Super Bowl with me. So everybody's waiting for the bottom to fall out of it. And the longer he can withstand winning games and not letting the bottom fall out, then the Raiders will have a legit shot. Is there the curse of Keyshawn Johnson for John Gruden? Does he, does he, do you have to, like, now have you forgiven him so he can win a Super Bowl? We don't have that type of relationship where I have to forgive him. It wasn't that, it wasn't that bad. I just think that a lot of people, you know, it's, it's Derek Carr plays for the Raiders. John Gruden coaches for the Raiders. People don't like the Raiders. It goes all the way back to Al Davis, right? Just like they don't like the Dallas Cowboys. Every single year, we think that the Raiders are getting ready to do something, do something, do something, and then... But, Jay... Well, well, the the question I had was, can that defense continue to step up? Because I saw them give up 28 points to Jacoby Brissett, right, with the Dolphins. And looking at the way Justin Herbert just played coming off that last win against the Chiefs, man, that receiving core, like that's a different type of offense that... Yeah, but, but, but what I would say is Jacoby Brissett is a very capable quarterback in the National understood. Football League. I, I, I think understand. a lot of people look at him and be like, oh, Jacoby Brissett, he lost his job in Indianapolis. He didn't do anything with the Colts. Brand. Brand it, took it, a hit. Don't, don't, don't look at it that That's way. Right. The dude's very capable at doing some positive things. But they are 0-2 with Jacoby Brissett. And I they, get they it. Just get I mean, but he's a good quarterback. I understand what you're saying. I'm just putting it into perspective for who they're about to go against. Well, then, but then I can flip it on your head if you really want me to. Yeah, then try, please. They I'm beat the it. Ravens and Lamar Jackson. They went into Pittsburgh after oh, Pittsburgh oh, oh, took not, care of business against the Bills. Oh, I'm not saying, I mean, I could play a lot of different roles, but I'm not trying to do that. The, I'm just the saying Raiders, they're a good team. I'll say this. The Raiders have been impressive this year. And I think Jacobs the, might be back. The wins they had at the time looked better than they do in retrospect. Like the Ravens were having some problems at the time. Pittsburgh has, has fallen apart kind of. But I'll say this. John Gruden got a 10-year deal. Everyone in the like rolling there, oh boy, 10-year deal. I'm still One, rolling mine. I'll get it. But four games his first year, seven his second, Eight, his third. It's all you can ask for is improvement every year. This year, they look like they're playoff bound. That's four years in. Every year, they're making an improvement, and Derek Carr looks better and better. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's, you know, we talked about this whole thing, brand or player, and I know that we say the Raiders, Derek Carr is having a phenomenal year, and there is talent there. But 3-0, you know, we talked a lot about, you don't know who the Panthers are, Max. You have questions around the Panthers. We don't, because their schedule. You don't know who Denver is. Questions around the schedule a little bit. Both of those guys dropped dunks this weekend, right? So now I'm sitting here saying, okay, the Ravens, legit win, solid win. I've seen what Lamar can do. Pittsburgh's not what they are. They're a shell of themselves. One of the worst teams offensively. And I hear what you're saying, Key, about Jacoby Brissett. I'm not saying that takes away from the Raiders and how talented they are. But let's see how they actually pan up defensively against the Chargers. It just feels like they're kind of – they were in that same bucket – even though I know that we had them a little bit higher than the other two, but we still are finding out about who the Raiders are. You know what are. the difference is, I would say, about the Raiders? That, Raiders. Was, a, that was a big, like, if you look at the, it, at the atmosphere surrounding each game, that was a big deal win at the time yeah, against the absolutely. Ravens. That was a big deal win on the road. They were the underdogs at Pittsburgh, right? Miami kind of has not been what we thought, but I do feel more confident in the Raiders key than I did in the Panthers or Broncos. See, the Panthers, Panthers, first of all, they didn't play with Christian McCaffrey. 
So that takes a lot of sizzle away. Sam Darnold still played pretty good. Takes some sizzle away. The Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater got a mild concussion, had to leave the game. Wasn't like the game was out of reach. He didn't get a chance to even remotely come back out the second half and do anything. So let's discount that. Raiders have a good football team. Every now and then, when you see it, it, the switch turns on. And the Raiders switch have turned on for them. Now, are they going undefeated this year? No, they're not. Are they going to probably make the playoffs? Probably. Because you could see it. You can see where the defense has gotten better. You can see where the consistent passing game has evolved. Now they possibly getting Jacobs back healthy tonight in the Charger game. We'll see. Meantime, the Chargers also have been a team that figure out ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They seem to have turned that around Sounds this like a year. boxing deal there. That's the Monday Night Football <laughs> Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, Matthew in Virginia wants to ask about the Dolphins offense. Go ahead, Matthew. You have Miami about 30 Dolphins, seconds. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. You there? Hello. in Virginia. The Dolphins offensive play calling. You got Godsey and Studsville as your coordinators. Fry's calling the plays, and he just looks very conservative. I don't blame it on Brissett. What do you all think? Try to tell people when you got three different people messing around with your offense, Fry, and you got the co-coordinator. It's just that's too much, man. It's like it's when you much. have when you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Yes, you got you three got people messing around, you don't have anybody. Three people trying to make a decision on one play. Hey, want to run this? No, I don't think so. Want to run that? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? It's like you're not going to win. You're not going to win games doing that. And the quarterback is not going to develop. It's the AFC East, I feel like. The AFC West has oh, – has, maybe that was, this was supposed to be next year. It came a year early. Mm-hmm. The AFC East, to me, was supposed to be much better than this at this point in the season. The Dolphins and the Patriots have disappointed. The Bills are now on track. But Dolphins and Patriots, I thought, would be winning a little more than they're winning. So does that same narrative hold true for Tua? You can hold it true for Jacoby. Does it hold true for Tua? Eventually it okay. might. Keyshawn, J. Will, six, and Max, ESPN five, Radio, Greeny, four, coming up right three, now. See you tomorrow. Two, Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.